Let's go. Dermot and Dave. <laughs> now, what has happened in the finale of Succession? Who reigned supreme at the end of the game of Game of Thrones? Who was dead at the end of Sixth Sense? I see dead people. <laughs> people always come back to the Sixth Sense. <laughs> it's the only spoiler that ever happened. I think it's okay to spoil that one. <laughs> Uh, there's nothing worse than a TV or a film spoiler, but did you know it actually doesn't really matter? Dr. Annalisa Cohen is a professor of psychology at Yeshiva University in New York. She's done some incredible research into spoilers and she's on the line now from New York City. Good morning, Annalisa. Um, thanks for getting up so early for us. Good morning. I had lots of coffee, so I'm doing well. <laughs> yes, thank you for applying yourself to our time zone. We do yeah, appreciate that. Very helpful. <laughs> no problem. Okay, so let's talk about spoilers because it's something that we get very passionate about and you feel like someone has taken away the enjoyment of something from you if you do inadvertently or indeed purposely find out what the ending of a TV show or a movie or something like that is. But your research is fascinating. Yeah, I mean, my research came out at the perfect time because as probably many of your listeners know, Succession had an enormous plot twist like halfway through the season. And I mean, I hope it's okay to mention spoilers here, right? <laughs> um <laughs> No. It's been a while. No? Oh, no. No, I, we can't. We just... I know, we can't. I know it sounds... <laughs> oh I know, the and whole point of Dr. Annalise's research says that we can. Well, you know, research is one thing. Angry listeners are another. And if you want... I know, like, you, you are in New York. You will still see our listeners with pitchforks and burning torches outside your apartment, okay? Well... Well, maybe after listening to my research, maybe they'll change their minds. Okay, okay. So, okay, so tell us then about the specific research you did on spoilers and about the, because it, it was um, an Alfred Hitchcock yes. episode that you, right. you and, and right. you, you, tell us about the control and the two groups yeah. and everything like that. So we used this really compelling short uh, Alfred Hitchcock film, only 30 minutes long, it's basically what happens is this little boy, he plays cops and robbers with his friends, and they make fun of him, say he has a baby gun. His toy gun is, like, really terrible. So then his uncle comes to visit, and he says, oh, I have a present for you in my suitcase. I'll give it to you later today. So then he sneaks into his uncle's room and finds a real gun with one bullet in the chamber, and he thinks it's a toy gun, so he takes it. Mm. And then for the rest of the film, he walks around his small town, finding his friends, finding various people he knows, and he holds the gun and points it at them and says, bang, you're dead. So in typical uh, Hitchcock fashion, you're incredibly tense. And in one condition, we told our participants, all you have to do is watch this short film. And every time you hear the word gun, raise your hand. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point when it gets by about the fourth time they mention the word gun, it's so suspenseful. They've completely forgot what they're doing. In another condition, before it started, we told them the ending. We told them exactly what happens. So we figured, we predicted that people would just be like, oh, okay, I'm you know, going to do really well at raising my hand every time they say the word gun because mm. I'm not as caught up in it. However, much to our surprise, these participants that knew the ending of the film got just as caught up in it and forgot what they were doing at pretty much the same point, suspenseful point in the film. And... We also gave all participants a questionnaire that measured how much they were enjoying it, how engaged they were, how immersed they were. 
And it was pretty much the same. So then we started looking at other research and talking about it. And it's sort of like this. When you get immersed in a film, when you feel like you're living in that story, it's like you've forgotten who you are, what your personal goals are, and you've suddenly the goals of the characters in the film become more important to you. And they sort of take all your attention away from where you are and what your instructions or goal were. And instead, you're just focused on the participant's goal. And in the film, they don't know what the ending is. They're acting like this is a extremely dangerous situation and they're horrified and they're stressed. And so we feel that way too, because we're sort of living in their lives while we're watching the film. But isn't the issue, Annalisa, in that even if the science and, you know, your hard work shows that it doesn't necessarily affect the outcome or how we engage with something, if we know the ending or if it has been, in inverted commas, spoiled for us, the issue is that it's our perception. We believe that if you tell me the ending of something I'm about to watch, I will not enjoy it as much. I won't be as engaged. Yes. You know, I mean, I think, like, why is this myth so pervasive is an interesting question. And I think we just, we don't maybe understand the psychological state that occurs when we get really wrapped up in something engaging. We don't realize what happens is, you know, we're kind of living in the moment of the film and knowing the ending doesn't necessarily affect us because if we're really wrapped up in it, we should be experiencing well, it, you know, yeah, online as, with the characters. It, mm. it brings a couple of things to mind. The first thing that occurs to me is, like, I, mean, I rewatch movies all the time, not necessarily particularly suspenseful ones, but, you know, if you rewatch your favorite movie, you rewatch your favorite TV show, you're rewatching it because you are enthralled and engaged and you're absolutely loving it. So there's proof there, I suppose, in the real world that you will watch The Wizard of Oz again a million times yes. where the world turns color and she kills the witch and she gets away and she goes back totally. to the, like oh nice spoiler Dave he was 1939 <laughs> <laughs> so, so I suppose soon. It, it, there's, there's living proof for us all that we will re-watch things that have inverted commas spoilers or have whatever. yes but then the other thing I suppose that occurred to me as well when, you're, when you were describing all that is that spoilers have really taken on a life of their own since we've had the dawn of box sets and then pausable television because before if it was a movie or if it was the movie was only in the cinema for a very brief period of time and then it was gone for ages or the TV show was on at 8 o'clock on a Sunday and you had to watch it and there was no other way to watch it but it is it's only it can only be a recent phenomenon that the spoiler has become more prevalent than it has been before yeah, you know what? That's a great point. And I didn't really think about it that way. But yeah, like a sociological sort of point of view is that it has had sort of more dire consequences because our experiences are so easily spoiled. And maybe we feel more kind of like it's a personal affront if someone oh. chooses to disrupt that Definitely, yes. Yeah. People but, do take it very but, personally, that's for sure. But you know what I wonder, Annalisa, is it age-dependent? Yeah. When I think of my kids... You know, they will rewatch Iron Man and, you know, Spider-Man over and over and over again. Right. And the idea of spoilers doesn't seem to bother kids as much. And in fact, they will probably seek out information right. before they actually watch something. You know, whereas I will be like, oh, my God, how, how is he watching Spider-Man 2 yes. for the 50th time? And then slowly I'll get closer and closer to the couch and then end up beside him and then I'm glued to it. <laughs> um, but it took yes. me longer to get over the threshold, whereas I think maybe younger brains don't seem to get bothered by the idea of something being spoiled. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. And I'm, I don't know if there's research that, you know, speaks to your point. But I think we know that children do like repetition. They like to hear the same book multiple times. And I think it gives them this kind of feeling of agency, like kind of like this feeling of, oh, I got this. You know, I know this story. And, well, you, this you don't show. need to do the research because obviously I've done the study with like <laughs> a study of two people Thank you with so much. no control group. <laughs> exactly. But, but also, I mean, Dermot's kids are literally four years older than mine. But mine will yeah. basically not sit down and watch movies. They're like, I want to watch a six-second TikTok, then do a dance, right. then eat a lollipop, then kick a door, <laughs> then play football, then bounce the trampoline, then watch six more seconds. I'm like, just watch an hour and a half movie. No chance, Dad. Well, and is that the case for, like, whatever they're watching? Or are there some things Oh, that no, they could them? watch six-second TikToks for an hour and a half. Mm, I wonder where well, they got that from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Well, yeah, I mean, there's going to be variability across people and you know that's probably what explains it but yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> okay well look, we know now not to unleash hell on someone who accidentally spoils uh, something for us. Yeah um, I mean you know there's still research to be done and someone who read my article said what about sporting events? It depends that- on the game Annalisa of Yes. Mean nothing to yes. you, but I would go back and watch Monsters Victory from last weekend over and over and over again. <laughs> and I'd do that yes. because I know the result. Exactly. Well, I mean, if it's your intention, then it's fine. But if you kind of want to have the surprise, then it, it, it the spoiler will probably have an effect. Yeah, so. I don't know. I've, I've watched that, Space Jam about 8,000 times and I still go when the <laughs> final game is on. I go, the Monsters are going to win! And then Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny pull it out of the bag. That's uh, hilarious. Come here, Dr. Annalisa Cohn, Professor of Psychology at Yeshiva University. Thank you so much for talking to us. Oh, it was my pleasure. And enjoy succession for all those who haven't seen it. <laughs> all right. Okay. Talk again soon. Bye. 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 Dermot and Dave, weekdays from 9 a.m. Today.